0: welcome back to everybody's favorite literature review podcast. This is Literature Reapers. I am one of your three hosts for the show. I am Casey. I am the one that literally at 1.30 in the morning this morning threw that little video intro together, so if you got seasick from the constant one motion... Don't blame me. I'm reworking it, but I had to try and come up with something to surprise my other co-host who is with me today. Welcome back to the show, Shanna.
1: Hello, everybody. That was pretty sweet. I was like,
2: wait, what? I
0: love it. Yeah, I, I know there's a way of doing it where you can do, like, different kinds of motion and I didn't really have a whole hell of a lot of other pictures to throw in there. So, I just kind of one motion and I've got time after this episode because we don't have to drop another episode for a couple weeks. So maybe the absentee one that's not with us today will help me work on that. If we have time. Absolutely. She can know what Canva's all about and I really just all of that was guessing and choosing different options on the screen. And I'm like, Oh, it worked. So like you said, before we started the episode, I guess this experience was kind of like a Shanna experience where it's like a finger in the butt. It's either a pleasant surprise or a unexpected surprise.
1: And super uncomfortable.
0: (laughs) Exactly. So, I feel like it's been 10 years since we've done a Reapers episode.
1: Yeah, it's been a while.
0: Well, like, it was literally like the middle of last month when we talked about <laughs> with Chancy. I don't know if I yeah. will. <laughs> I don't want to bring that title back up again. Because I also talked about that damn movie with him yesterday for an hour and a half.
1: Even though the book was not exactly my cup of tea, I'm glad that I experienced it because I do enjoy stepping out of my comfort zone when it comes to books and movies, just to, because I do want to be involved in conversations when people talk about the movies that I've seen, even if they're not my favorite, I still like to be able to contribute. So I do, I'm not one of those people that's like, oh my God, I didn't like this. Why did you make me do it? I mean, there were a few moments where I was like, ew. (laughs) Ew.
0: A few? And I will also tip my hat to my amazing co-host as well, who definitely stepped out of her comfort zone last week. And will be joining myself on an evening at the movies this coming Wednesday, a.k.a. the day after. Okay, so this is Monday, so it'll be Wednesday morning when her episode drops where we talk about a movie who I knew going into it, she probably wasn't going to like it, but she ripped a bandaid off and gave it a freaking try, so definitely check out me and Shanna sitting down on Wednesday and discussing her favorite movie director of all time, Tim Burton and Johnny Depp we'll be discussing Sweeney Todd. <laughs> uh, yeah. Ignore the painful moaning and groaning that you hear in the background. She, I'm not going to lie. I'm not, no, I'm not, I don't even have enough to worry about it, like. because I'm not going to give away the damn spoiler as to what she gave the movie for her rating. You have to tune in and listen to the whole episode.
1: And you also get an amazing so. plot summary. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you do. So, They're singing.
1: We're going. <laughs> there's access. We're
0: we're going. Oh yeah. There's a there's a lot of wonderment that is Shanna Banana, and it's going to be something that we're going to incorporate into some future episodes of the show as well, so that we can try and sort of keep people on their toes as to. What to expect, what not to expect. So, you definitely have to stay tuned and keep updated as to what's coming because, at the end of the day, there's probably going to be a little bit more chaos than you're expected to come to expect from an evening at the movies. But it's going to be fun anyway because that's what we do. It doesn't matter if it's going to be all three of us, two of us, one of us, guests, whatever, it's going to be chaos, it's going to be fun. And I encapsulate everybody's chaos. gonna freaking like, yeah. And well, it it fits rather well with the fact that we're literally in the next week wrapping up our first ever chaos bracket. On top of all this, so yeah, we can't just introduce the world to the chaos and then just let the chaos let the chaos go for a couple of weeks. We got to keep the chaos going. Yes,
1: we got to up the ante on the chaos. <laughs>
0: So, before we get started, I seem to remember this little thing that we do, especially for the mid month check in. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but is there anything that, um, other than the required reading that you are currently reading, that you would like to let the listeners know about?
1: Um, I did just finish a book that I kind of shared with you um, called Into the Wood. What was it? Into the Woods? Out and oh, what was that? Oh, my I God,
2: right.
1: what was it? Yeah. It's what Lies in the Woods, something woods by Kate Alice Marshall. Um, What Lies in the Woods. Either wood. way, it was, you said yes. Woods,
0: and I said Washington. And then I was like, and I ironically, think so. And then later the on, set? I was like,
2: Washington.
1: <laughs> and I finished it, and it was a wild, crazy ride. It was about these girls that are young, and they play in these woods and one of them is attacked and a serial killer is charged with the crime and it how it all unfolds and everything on what actually happened is just i don't even have words it's so good
0: oh, that actually sounds interesting because, like, normally when you pick Washington-based books for this show, they're actually not too bad. Yeah. It's the other crap that you pick that worries I know. Me. I, I'm never going to let Spare Room go. I'm just saying. Well, see, the
1: thing is, with my own personal reading, I have no problem DNFing a book. Like, if I'm not enjoying it, I'll just be like, yeah, no. But if it's a book that we're tasked with to finish for literature reapers, I can't do that because it's something that we discuss and everything. So, like, the spare room, I probably would have been like, yeah, I'm not going to finish this. This sucks. This is terrible. Like, what was I thinking? And, you know, we couldn't do that because it was the book we were assigned by me because I'm dumb sometimes. Oh. Um so i had to finish it like when normally i wouldn't i would be like this is fucking dumb like no i'm not doing this well,
0: i mean at the end of the day and i'm not trying to spoil anything for this episode and our next episode but like when i picked this book that we're going to be discussing today i was like uh, i i don't know how the girls are going to take this because there is some stuff in here that could be triggering, yeah, or may be something that you may or may not like. I'm not going to get into it. I'll, we'll get into it when we get to the, to the discussion. But it, yeah, it, it's one of those that it left me with a question mark when I made the choice. But I'm like, no, the worst case scenario. I recommend it. They don't like it. And they don't want to look at the rest of the damn series. Cause right.
1: And I do, when I is. pick my choices, I'm going in just as blind as you and Amanda. Like I've never read the books that I'm picking. So that I think obviously if I had read the spare room and then suggested it, full on mock me for my dumbassery because that would be on me. But like reading sure. the blurb for it, like it sounded like it had so much potential. I was like, this is going to be great. And then I finished it and I'm like, this was it's not great.
0: Yeah. I mean, I read the blurb too, and I'm not going to lie going in, I was excited as hell. But um, it didn't take long of getting into the book to realize and it's Again, no fault of yours, because if we haven't read the book before, we're all going into this blind. Right. So, And I will
1: say that this book that we reviewed this month, I know we're doing mid-month check-in, but I'm already done. This is like the quickest I've ever finished one of our assignments. Normally, I would be like, okay, I got to push through to mid-month check-in and then I'm like normally I'm the type to you know just kind of take it easy and then like cram at the end that's what she said but
2: this (laughs) one
1: I found myself it was a little slow getting into it like the first few chapters you're like all right, when does the mayhem start like you know a few things happen you're like okay that's kind of creepy okay okay and then you get further into you're like okay (laughs) you just by the end you're like what the fuck
0: that actually is one of the questions that we will be discussing at some point before this episode wraps. So um, really quick before we get going with this month's book, um, I am continuing into my five five nights at Freddy's journey, getting ready for um, the, yeah. The 27th. Releasing in two weeks. My daughter is beyond excited. not seem like it excited. was ever going to get here. I'm not going to... I'm freaking excited. I haven't been this excited for a movie to release in, well, probably a year since Halloween. Ends. Yeah,
1: I'm pretty excited because it's... My daughter and I have very, very different theatrical tastes. So, I definitely love horror and, you know, thrillers and things like that. And she loves... FNAF and you know anime and stuff so this is a movie that's kind of bridging that gap for both of us that we can both sit down and find something that we're excited to watch together and you know we're going to make a night of it we're going to order pizza and watch the movie and we're just going to have a good time
0: and that at the end of the day is what it's all about you have to have mother daughter father son mother son father daughter moments that bring us all together as a family so that we can have and if it takes five nights at freddy's to do that then five nights at freddy's needs to shut up and take one for the damn team just saying they
1: definitely are like i watched the preview like she was so excited she sent me the preview for it and i was like all right i can do this this looks good because I'll be honest, she has been talking about FNAF for years, like, the reading and everything and the games, and I've just been like, okay, cool, that sounds cool, okay, and then she sends me the trailer for the movie, and I'm like, all right, this could be good, so, yeah, hats off to her for, you know, bringing it to my attention and putting it on my radar or something that she thinks that I would watch that I would enjoy with her, so, I'm pretty excited about that. And she, like, she's excited because she knows all of the backstory and everything. And I'm going in kind of blind. I don't know the backstory. I just know that, you know, they're animatronic things that are killers. So.
0: It's an evil Chuck E. Cheese.
1: Yeah. And like Chuck E. Cheese is haunting. Like, No, thanks.
0: Oh yeah. And it's, Nowhere near as evil as what the Five Nights at the Freddy's. Yeah, no. I mean, I had never heard of Five Nights until Kevin brought it up. I think on a simplest episode a couple of years ago, or an evening at the movies episode a couple of years ago, and I'm like, okay, games, books, anime, all of that. I'm like. Oh, my God, this seems like freaking millennial Dungeons and Dragons. I'm not going to get into this at all. And I kind of, no offense and no disrespect, Kevin, but I kind of just sort of let it go in one ear and marinate for a minute and go out the other ear. And I'm just like, this isn't really going to be my thing, but I didn't want to be disrespectful and just whatever, loser. That's not the case, though. And then when the trailer came out, it's like, okay. I kind of sort of see what this whole thing is now. And I picked up a couple of the books and I started reading. And I, they're not that complicated of a read. Um, if it's something like this is what it's going to take to interest, millennials into picking up a book or picking up an e-reader and actually reading then hats off to them I'm still going into the 27th hoping beyond all hope though because I've seen enough of the trailer over and over again and I'm like god I really hope they don't crap a bit on this one
1: I hope it's um, not I've one of those movies just- where they show all the cool stuff in the trailer and then you're watching the movie and you're like okay but i don't i don't think or, that's going to be the case i think that they have spent so much time developing this movie that i think we're going to be in for a treat i'm pretty excited about it
0: uh, you 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 say that but then you also remember i sat through fucking halloween ends last freaking fall where you get all this hype built into this damn trailer and then not a damn thing that they put in the trailer made it to the damn movie.
2: Well a yeah. little bit of
0: it did. That but I, I mean, hoping, Amanda and I I'm have gone off that the, enough yeah. on the whole thing. I'm hoping, false hoping they learned their lesson
1: so. after Halloween kills or Halloween ends or whatever one it is. Both. Yeah.
0: So but yeah, definitely I I recommend if you enjoy reading and like horror and just want something easy horror to read and you haven't done it yet, you still have a couple of weeks, go pick up so some of those Five Nights at Freddy's books.
1: What would you say is the appropriate age range for someone to begin to start reading FNAF? Like, is it Appropriate for like 14 and up, like, what would you give it as far as like the horror content?
0: So, growing up, I was
1: you were reading Stephen, probably Kicks, so you don't count.
0: Well, yeah, that was actually going to be my metaphor because <laughs> I'm one of those rare anomalies where, um, and I'm not saying I was reading the horrifically bad overly graphic Stephen King stuff at an early age. But um, I read The Body and uh, Shawshank Redemption and things like that.
2: Can't
1: hear you. Now, yes. Now you're muted again.
2: Now,
0: yes. Seriously, are you fucking kidding me?
1: I can hear you. And now you're muted again. Hello? Yes. Oh, fuck.
0: Did it again. Now? Yes. Okay. Um, so, evidently, the mute on my audio went back on, hence the reason why I couldn't hear. Um, so, just to kind of sort of backtrack, I mean, I started reading the body and Shawshank in like sixth grade, but I don't necessarily consider those. Well, Shawshank may be inappropriate at that age. I don't necessarily think the body is per se or stand by me. For those of you who haven't read the book and know that the body is stand by me, but I also started reading like Pet cemetery in junior high too. So, um, I would say as far as FNAF goes, um, I would say you have to judge your specific child's emotional maturity, but I think probably seventh grade, so like 13, 14 years old is probably... Just in my own personal opinion. But again, like you said, I'm kind of a little bit skewered to the whole, you know, yeah, I've been reading horror since, you know, before junior high. So,
1: right. Cause I remember like when I was, you know, mm-hmm. fourth, fifth, sixth grade, I was like devouring R.L. Stein and Christopher Pike,
0: which FNAF is like, R. L. Stein, only with the volume turned up a little bit louder. Okay. So it's a little bit edgier version of Goosebumps.
1: I never read so, Goosebumps. I meant I meant like the Fear Street books.
0: Okay, those two.
1: I loved those. Like, oh, they were the best. I remember like finding one in my library that hadn't been checked out and be like, oh, I got a book to read tonight.
0: I was the kid that would check out stuff and then not return it. Not going to lie. Because at the end of the day, the fine that you got from either the school or the public library wasn't as bad as what it was going to cost you to buy the book. If you went down to the
1: bookstore.
0: The book, yeah. When we actually had a bookstore in this town.
1: I miss old books. I I miss bookstores like being able to go in and just browse. Now I get that there's the instant gratification of downloading a book on my e-reader and having it in my grubby little paw immediately and that instant gratification. I get that because I do consume reading materials that way. But I miss going into a bookstore and discovering those little hidden treasures that aren't on Talk or aren't on the New York Times bestsellers, ones that you wouldn't pick up because you hadn't heard of them. I miss those little, yeah, like, getting into discussions with bookstore clerks and them recommending a book to you that they read because you know they read all day in there, you know, because that's what they have to do. And, like, I'm, I have never had an experience like Bastion in Neverending Story going into a bookstore and having some grumpy old man... Tell me I don't have any business reading that book. Like and I've
0: never had stealing that it. And, right. reading,
1: reading. and saving the universe. I mean, I've never so, had that.
0: I wish reading a Stephen King book would help me save the universe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Stephen King's saving the universe in any stretch of the imagination.
1: I did not have that on my twenty twenty three bingo card, not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh good thing because 2023 is rapidly, rapidly coming to an end. It is. So are we ready to get into the joy of our read for the month?
1: Absolutely. So, In case anybody wasn't aware, we are doing our mid-month check-in. And this will cover reading material from chapter 1, 231. So um if you haven't read that far, this will include spoiler alerts to that point.
0: With a abrupt end at a specific moment that I'm still shocked as hell that without reading the book, Shanna pulled out of her freaking ass and said, This is where we're gonna cut it off for the mid month check-in. Yeah. So we will get to that as well. So we are here to discuss um Bad Games by, and this is where I get confused because like when I see it visually on the book cover, I pronounce it one way, but then like when I listen to the audiobook, so that I could literally plow through to get prepped for this episode, freaking audible and pronounce it a completely different way. So I don't know how it's pronounced. We're going to go with Jeff Menapace, though. That's how I pronounced you it know. in my
1: head. How does Audible exactly. pronounce it?
0: Jeff Menapace. Like some weird freaking like, Italian name. And I'm like, okay, I guess I could see that. But, you know, how often, honestly, does Audible get stuff like that correct as well? Right. I'm going to go with Menapace. I think Menapace sounds better at the end of the day, but you know I digress. So, um, bad games released on February twenty second, nineteen. Wow, no, twenty thirteen. Like I said, it was written by Jeff Menapace, not Audible. Menapanch. Yeah, exactly. Um, It was published by Mind Mess. Press. Um, it is technically a thriller slash suspense novel.
1: I'd give it uh, that. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I've read the book a couple of times now, so I fully the whole series is thriller. Definitely not slash... a romance. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, there is sick twist. We'll get into that. I'm not going down that road just yet,
1: yet. It's a so, family uh, drama.
0: It's fine. I mean, you can make that argument as well, but again, yes. <laughs> um, we'll get to also really quick before we move on. Um, also, other books written by um, Jeff Menapace. You have the rest of the um, Bad Games series, which would be Vengeful Games, Hellbent, Malevolent and Psychopath. Um, you have another series of books that's kind of sort of a sequel series that's named after a character, but I'm not going to say it because I don't want to spoil reading for anybody who may or may not read this yes. series. So just know that there's a sequel series named after a character, and if you look it up, that's on you. I'm not going to be the one to rips the it off and spoils it Does one. the
1: end of this book... Is it about, does it tie into the end of this book?
0: The sequel series or? Yeah. A ways down the road, yes.
1: Okay. I got it. I, got, I smell what you're stepping in. All
0: right. <laughs> yeah, it, it, there's still four other books to get to before you get to the sequel series, though. So a lot unfolds between now and that sequel.
1: Well I'm in for the ride because I enjoyed it.
0: So really quick before we get to the discussion, um my plot description I have for you since it was my read and I'm the one kinda sorta leading the opening of said episode. But um participation is not an option. The Lambert family is heading to Crescent Lake, a rural Cabin community in western Pennsylvania for an idyllic weekend getaway. Some fishing, some barbecue, some games, dot, dot, dot. The Finelli brothers are heading to Crescent Lake too. Some stalking, some kidnapping, some murder, definitely some games. Though not necessarily the type of games the Lamberts had in mind. But it doesn't matter. The Lamberts are going to play whether they like it or not. So, with that said, is that enough to get you excited to pick up the book and read it?
2: Hello. So,
0: it definitely seems like I may have lost my co-host sometime in the midst of my plot description. I'm hoping that she'll be back rather quickly because it's not going to be fun for me to answer these questions. So I did just get a message and we're going to delay stall, whatever we have to do. Uh, Shanna's internet went out, so she will hopefully be back quicker than a fart in the windstorm. Because as we all know, Casey's not a fan of doing solo recordings, but I will stall and delay as much as I can. So
2: anyway, at the end of the day, how are you people? It's a beautiful Sunday morning in the neighborhood. And I will be doing some editing today. Doo doo. Ah, yai, yai. Oh, there we go. Listening to your description, and then all of a sudden
1: it went away, and I'm like, "Wait, what happened?"
0: <laughs> so, um, how much did you hear the plot description that I read?
1: I got to the dot 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 part.
0: Okay, so I'm just going to use this as an editing point, and we're going to cut everything out from my first read, and I'll just pick up and go with my plot description again and we'll go from there
2: okay
0: so participation is not an option the lambert family is heading to crescent lake a rural cabin community in western pennsylvania for an idyllic weekend getaway some fishing some barbecue some games dot 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 the Finelli brothers are heading to crescent lake too some stalking some kidnapping some murder definitely some games though not necessarily the games that the Lamberts had in mind. But it doesn't matter because the Lamberts are going to play it whether they like it or not. Yeah. So.
1: And I'm going to just give you a little bit of spoiler alert. The Lamberts did no likey.
0: Yeah, I think that's kind of a safe assumption from the plot summary that I just gave because I don't know a whole lot of people who are going to be into the whole idea of having Murder. their family stalked and terrorized and forced to play psychotic, play psychotic games.
1: Right. I mean, that doesn't, that's not in my top five ways to have a good time.
0: No, not at I'm all. I'm going to
1: say it's pretty safe to say it's not even in my 100 top ways to have a good time.
0: I'm not gonna lie; it's probably not even in my 500.
1: No, of having
0: a good time. I mean, I'll watch and a
1: movie about it. No.
0: Oh, obviously. I mean, I've seen 90 percent of the Saw franchise. I've seen Hostel. I've seen, you know, countless other horror movies. I've also read, you know, this series of books and countless others as well. You know, I. You know what movie this
1: kind of gave six me vibes of? this kind of gave me the Strangers vibes.
0: Yes. Very, very much.
1: And that is one of my favorite
0: movies. I'm only coming into it having watched the first one, but yes, it definitely screams Strangers. Strangers Pray
1: at Night can fuck off. Like, no. That one is just hot garbage. Like, that one, part of the premise of the strangers and why I loved it so much is because it's it doesn't have the gore and the the yuck in it. It's just pure, absolute psychological terror. And there's just something about that. Yeah. And that's the same way with this book. Like up to the plot point, it's just or you know, up until the half halfway mark, chapter thirty one, it is just psychological terror. And like it starts off slow, like things that the family could write off as innocent, like "eh, that's weird," but nothing, you know. And then it ramps up a little bit more. You're like, okay, what? And then it ramps up, and it just keeps, you know, they keep up in the ante, and it's just the way they did it was I don't know there was just something about the way that they they wrote it that kept you engaged without just beating you to death with gross
0: yeah um so like definitely to you know pull back the curtain a little bit on some of the stuff that Shannon was talking about so basically our story opens with the Lambert family driving down I'm, it feels to me like the middle of nowhere
2: Mm -hmm.
0: country road and they have a run-in with another vehicle and it kind of, you know, it's one of those, you know, you get cut off, they get cut off, whatever. And, you know, it could be the road rage type situation that, as we all know, is not a good situation to be in anymore because people have guns and that's how people get shot. Mm Mm-hmm. But um, at some point, Patrick, the father, has to pull his car over to get gas at a like Texas Chainsaw Massacre-esque gas station. And there's only one car at the gas station, and it happens to be the car that they were having the little back and forth with on the highway. They end up in this conversation, you know, quote unquote, getting to know each other. And then the weird, creepy guy pays for the guy's pays for, you know, Patrick gas and it's like, okay, that was a nice gesture, but who the hell pays for somebody else's gas in this day, especially in this day and age with how expensive gas is.
1: Right. And but it the- could be kind of written off as like, you know, a kind gesture or like <laughs> apologizing for the road rage issue or, you know, the possible, you know, cutting them off. Like, Hey, sorry about that. Let me pick up your gas for you. So While weird, it can definitely kind of be written off as like, okay, you know, it's a strange occurrence, but there's really nothing like too disturbing about it.
0: But then it gets, I mean, it takes one step further, you know, from there though, they go their separate ways, not separate ways. And um, the Lambert family stops to get something to eat eat at a restaurant and um Carrie, the oldest daughter, happens to see like the candy display at the counter that they always have at these restaurants. And she wants the candy, her mom and dad, uh-uh, not gonna happen. But yet they go and they sit down, they have their meal, and after the meal's done, they get they're getting ready to pay the bill. And all of a sudden Carrie disappears come to find out she's out in the parking lot talking to a stranger who gives her candy in exchange for her favorite stuffed animal. Creepily enough to be found out later that the guy that she exchanged her teddy bear for the candy with was the freaking guy from the road rage incident. So now, you know, the hair on the back of your neck should slowly start to be standing up on end. Right, but at the
1: same time, you again could write it off as a coincidence because you know you're All out in the middle of right you're out in the middle of nowhere there's only so many places you can stop and eat so the chances of running into the same people in different locations are pretty high when you think about it
0: so absolutely but i do step back a second though to bring up another point though Because um, Jeff doesn't really beat around the bush a whole lot with his, could this be, could that be, whatever. Because in between the gas station and the restaurant, we get a major revelation and that's the fact that um, this guy, Artie, we'll call him because that's his name, but it, after he leaves the gas station, he pulls off on some back country road in the middle of nowhere where he can't be seen. And evidently he has twins in the back of his car. He takes them out of his the back of his car and literally like punts them into the middle of the freaking bushes. It's not real kids. It's like doll kids. Yeah, like so. he was using
1: them as props in order to help people put their guard down.
0: So... At this point, even before we get to the restaurant, we know that there's something psychotically amiss with this Artie guy. We don't necessarily know how far it's what, how far down this rabbit hole we're going, but we're going down a fucking rabbit hole with the Finnelli. Like I said in the, you know, plot description, the Finnelli brothers. So there's two of them. So when we've only met the one so far. So, um, I guess, well, no, I think I'll save that one for the end. Um, after the whole restaurant thing, we get to, um, the Lamberts arriving at Crescent Lake and the first thought that popped into my mind that I wanted to get your impression was, do you remember how, um, Jeff described the location of the cabin? That they were staying in that weekend? Yes. What impression, what kind of first impression does Jeff leave you when um, the Lamberts first arrive at Crescent Lake? As far as the setting of where this place is and all of that?
1: I feel like it is kind of isolated. There, It's typically got more hustle and bustle. But because of the time of year that it is, it's it's a lot more abandoned than what it typically would be. Um, you know, a lot of people have left for the season, which kind of adds to the creep factor because there is that level of additional isolation, like not only from the location, but also from the lack of other vacationers. Um, so I definitely feel like that adds to... The, the creep factor, like anytime you're out in the woods with with that kind of isolation from both, you know, other people and um, all that stuff, I think it definitely adds to the the scary.
0: Yeah, I mean, I got kind of sort of like a small... Lakeside community kind of thing. Like, yeah, he describes the lake as being like half of a football field, which is not that big. Yeah, I mean, literally, you can see across the lake and around the lake at all points. So, um, it's definitely not small. And they do mention the fact that you have the cabin that the Lamberts are staying in. You have, um, God, I don't remember the name but like they're best friends that are like next door neighbors the
1: elderly couple
0: The el- yeah the elderly couple that I think at one point he described as like the guy is like a older version of Danny DeVito
1: yeah they're like vacation grandparents
0: uh huh which actually adds to the story too because as we'll find out throughout especially the first part of the story um they have a huge part in being around, and their their relationship with the kids is very much an integral part of the story. Mm-hmm. So um, but then there's also at least a third cabin that's in that general vicinity because um,
1: it plays yeah. a part in the story as well.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it, it does too. And it plays a huge part in the cliffhanger at the end of the first half of this book.
1: So let me ask you this. So, and it's something that wasn't 100% clear in the book. So I kind of wanted to check on your vibe from it. So do you think that the Lamberts were victims of opportunity? Or do you think the stalking of the Lamberts started before they even planned their trip to this place?
0: So I'm going to completely wipe my memory of stuff that I may or may not have read going forward. And I'm going to answer as if just from the information given in this book. And from just the information given in this book, I would say probably... I want to say a victim of circumstance, but at the there same time, there would have time... to be so
1: much more planning to go into it. I mean, how would they know that these people were going? I mean, they their thought process was pretty thought out when planning this whole endeavor. So, to me, it would have to imply that they had done their research on this family and knew that they were going. You know, because what are the chances that they're just going to run into (laughs) someone? Bless you. Thank you. Run into someone that's going to the lake that they are headed to. You know, there's just so many things that would have to fall into place for this to be random.
0: Yeah. And again, there's more that will be learned in the back half of the book and also in the next four books that come after because there's all of these books are about the same size and read about the same pace. So it goes really, really quick, but there's a lot of information that will unfold. So definitely stay tuned because I feel like if not all three of us, at least two of us are going to continue down this road at some point and at least finish up the um, bad games portion of the franchise, if not tackling the sequel series that is still going to yet be unnamed because I don't want to spoil it. But, yeah, there's definitely a... Because there's a whole lot of shenanigans for lack of a better term, that unfold throughout this entire book, You can't just, you know, chalk all of that up to circumstance. There has to be an element of planning.
2: Right. As psychotic
0: as Jim and Artie are, the brothers, they're not that lucky to be able to pull off that kind of chaos and have it work as masterfully as it did. And when I say masterfully, I'm not giving props to any of this shit because this is some mind fucking psychotic bullshit. Right. I mean, even at the end when shannon I'm not giving anything away by this either, but Shannon's texting me as she's finishing this book, asking questions like, Oh my God, they, uh, and it's like, uh-huh. Yeah. But even like I said, when, I first gave my trigger warning for this book for them because of a certain thing that may or may not happen. I'm like, it adds to the level of all of this stuff adds to the level of psychoticness of Jim And, yes. and you have, and for all of this to be fully understood, you have to get to a level of psycho that you can't just say, Oh, they're crazy and then move on to the next plot you have to really peel the layers of the onion off yep. and really, really get into it. Otherwise it's just not going to resonate with the readers the way that I think these two characters resonate. I'm not going to speak for Shannon, but they resonated with me because I wouldn't necessarily say they're Hannibal Lecter-esque, but I would put them, you know, At least in the same ballpark as Hannibal Lecter. Very
1: diabolical.
0: Very diabolical and willing to do certain things that, even if I was psycho, I don't know if I could go psycho enough to do some of the shit that they do. Yeah. So, um, so one of the things that I happened to be reminded of through the first half of this book was. Exactly. Once, like Jim and Artie's antics get started, how fast it goes from you know the gas station and and the sucker and the teddy bear exchange Mm -hmm. to you know the stuff that happens and you know it escalates. Once it gets started, it escalates really fucking quick.
1: Yeah, Jim or Jimmy definitely. He strikes me as the more sadistic one of the two. Because, yeah, because Artie, like, his behavior could just be explained away as, like, a socially awkward guy who just doesn't really have a lot of people skills. But then, when you get into Jimmy's behavior, you're like, dude, no, that's not how you talk to women.
0: Yeah, exactly, and so you already finished the book so you know what happens at the end of the book. Yeah. And who No, he I don't does even want to I don't I don't want to finish that statement because I don't want to give anything away. Um Yeah, I mean obviously they're going to play some kind of role going forward. I'm not going to say what that role will be. Because, again, that gives away the ending of this book. But um, So, basically, the question I was going with was um, how fast that their antics escalated. Does that throw up a bunch of red flags for you, the reader? Um,
1: As far as, like, not wanting to finish the book or red flags for, like, this book is about to get
0: wild? Um, Well, let's start with wild and then we can go back and revisit the as fast as this shit gets going. Did it make you want to keep reading or stop reading? So I knew I
1: basically from the blurb on the back, like the plot summary, I knew it was going to be pretty crazy. Um, And I also knew that based on, the size of the book that it was going to have to escalate fairly quickly because it's not a long read. But I did not realize the, like I knew it was going to get crazy, but I had no way of knowing how crazy it was going to get. And I think like that was one of the things that made me want to keep reading. I know some people would be turned off by the escalation of activities. And yes, it was disturbing. But I liked the fast pace that it had. I liked the fact that it kept it moving. And it did a lot for holding my attention. So that I think that played into a lot of why I was able to finish the book so fast. I devoured this book. And I mean, I had it finished on, I can't even remember if it was yesterday or the day before. But normally, like I said, I would be pushing to get through to mid month and then you know second half i would be dragging to get completed by release date but this month like when i first started reading it i was like okay the first couple chapters i'm like okay i hope this picks up and then by five or six i'm like whoa 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 and i would found myself not wanting it to end
0: yeah and that's well, okay, so one of the things I happen to really love about this book and this doesn't actually factor into my review at all is the fact that most of these chapters in this book are literally like 5 pages or less. There's some so where it's just a like, paragraph. Yeah, it's so at the end it's not like you have to worry about and I'm a Stephen King fan, so I'm allowed to take this cheap shot. It's not like you have to worry about a King over wordiness and a chapter rambling on for 25, 30 pages and be like, okay, get to the damn point. So I can have some kind of break because I'm one of those readers that I don't like stopping in the middle of a chapter. I have in the, to same
2: the, the same way, the same way.
0: Otherwise I feel like I may forget something going forward. And that just drives me insane. But um, I don't. If if there's anything in this book that's over ten pages, it it's only like one one or two pa- one or two chapters. Right. Everything is like fast. Like we're gonna start this point now, but we're not gonna drag our feet. We're gonna get to the point. We're gonna get it discussed, and we're gonna move on to the next. So it's fast, fast, fast. That something's always. Once you get to the like chapter four, or five, six. When shit starts picking up. Yeah. The first couple chapters, I'll agree with Shanna. It takes a little bit to get through. Luckily, again. Very short. It it works because they're all short. Like, of the first four chapters, I think chapter one is the longest. And that's because you're kind of sort of setting everything up with um, Jim and Artie having that.
1: You're meeting your protagonists and your antagonists. And you have to. I mean, they give you enough information to be able to. Like, if they don't give you much character development, they are not giving you anybody to root for. So you want to get to know your characters, but not so much that you're, like, get to the point. And this author did a great job at giving us enough information to be able to visualize the story as we go along with it, but not so much information that he left absolutely nothing up to the imagination. He gives you enough information that way you can picture these things in your mind, but enough where you actually have to think about it and that is a really fine line to walk and he did a great job with that
0: and it's not something that just any writer could do either right i mean it's
1: definitely a skill set and he did a great job with it with this book i can't speak for the other ones because i haven't read them yet but if this was his first novel this man is going to have an extremely fantastic career i mean already if he's already got you know, four or five books on this one. And then he's got another, you know, series going. I mean.
0: So there's five books in the bad game series. There's three books in the sequel series. And at least one, two, three, four other books that he's written. So he's got a decent sized library out there. But I, And I don't recall which one came first, but obviously bad games is early in his career. So he's, he's definitely off to the races with this book.
1: Yeah, I definitely will be reading more of his, his books. And like, he is definitely an author. I can see myself like marking my calendar for when a new book comes out. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, going in and getting it when it first comes out.
0: So, um, Spoiler alert for those of you who don't get the privilege of reading our group chats. um, At one point, I brought up the fact that I've had conversations with an author before about um, doing their book on Literature Reapers. And Jeff is the one that um, I've had conversations about doing bad games on Reapers. So. My ideal plan was to hopefully try and get, um, at some point, him talked into coming on the show and getting to talk to him about the books. I'm still kind of sort of crossing my fingers and hoping for this. Um, It's something I'm not going to give up on because um, the conversations that he and I have had about some of this stuff, he seems like a very reader-friendly author, and I think if I can find the right day to get through to him, that I might be able to convince him to come on, and then we can definitely properly have a discussion about some of these books. I think if we're going to, though, I would like to get a little bit further into at least this series before that way we have some not just this book to talk about, but we can talk about, you know, at least storyline. Yeah. Because there's still so much more to get into. And I don't want to try and sit down and talk to him and be like, okay, but we can only talk about this little, little piece because realistically bad games is only just a little piece of the whole shebang at the end of the day. So Definitely I will keep trying, but, um, so in a lot of ways, is there, okay, so I'm going to let you have, is, is there anything that you would like to ask or pose as a discussion topic before we wrap up our discussion for the month or mid month?
2: I
1: I just want to emphasize like the quality of this book. I cannot recommend it enough. Like, and this is October, so the fact that there is creepy things afoot that I could be participating in, like watching horror movies and you know, walking in cemeteries and casting spells and doing all of the things that I do in my creepy little life and I read this book instead.
0: I mean, realistically, it only took you two days, but, you know.
1: But I mean, it, it still was a good enough book for me to put it above other activities. To And it wasn't just, like, at first it was like, oh, I got to finish this fucking book because I got to get to mid-month. And that was what it was like for the first couple of two, three, four chapters. And I was like, okay, okay. And then, you know, as I got into it, I'm like, all right. All right, Jeff, I see you. And then, like, before I knew it, I was like, okay, I like this. This is this is creepy right up my alley. Because I am a creeper through and through. Like, unapologetically well, I mean, we, creeper.
0: We all are, but. You know, and, that's one of our favorite things about Shannon.
1: It's what everybody knows and loves about me. I mean.
0: So I mean, I, I make I, no
1: qualms about being a creep.
0: Well, no. And, you know, again, like I said, that's one of our favorite things about you is the fact that you are a creep, but, you a know. A lovable creep. You're you don't hold, but you don't shy away from it. And beat around the bush. It's like, hi, I'm Shanna. I'm a creep. You're gonna love me or you're gonna hate me. One of the two. But, yeah, the choice you
1: is know. yours because I'm not changing.
0: And you don't change for anybody. So
1: yeah. Know. So the fact that this book, I don't want to say resonated with me because that's terrifying, but.
0: Yeah, it is, (laughs) because there's a whole lot of crap that happens.
1: Yeah, like, I cannot, like I said, I can't imagine going to a lake house, I mean, I could probably leave that as a complete statement, but, (laughs) 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 yeah, I can't imagine going to a lake house and having these things happen to me, like, there were so many times when Amy was like, let's just leave, let's just leave. And Patrick's like, no, everything's fine. And I bet he felt real dumb.
0: Well, I mean, okay, because we, there's some plot points we haven't necessarily brought up either, but like, you know, having somebody peeping you while you're having sex with your spouse.
1: Yeah. At least you let him finish though.
0: Well, I mean. You know, some people are into that kinky stuff.
1: But But did, I mean, like, was it just the fact that he had been watching a whole, he didn't really let them finish. He just didn't get noticed until they were finished. Like he was there the whole time, the whole time, the whole time.
0: Exactly. And come to find out, you know, they're staying literally two doors down from the cabin because when they're, he's discovered is watching them you know Patrick tries to confront him but he's already gone right and it also gets brought when they call the sheriff who's a dick by the way but that kind of sort of you know you have to have a dick sheriff to completely add to the psychological well suspense. yeah because if the That's
1: sheriff like had taken them seriously from the jump then all of this could have been avoided
0: well yeah because you find out afterwards that um while he's there, quote unquote, checking out the property, like Jim is literally standing by an oak tree the whole time, I'm just twiddling right. his fucking thumb. Yeah, I'm like, dude, it's like, really? Is the sheriff in on this shit with these people, or you know what? Because just standing out by a freaking oak tree, you would think that he would have gotten noticed.
1: Right, but you have to think, too, it would have been super dark.
0: True. I didn't think about that either, but, and oak trees can tend to provide a certain level of shadow. Yeah. So, um, but no, I, honest to God, will secondhand, or second everything that Shanna said when it comes to this book, because Once in my first read I got through those first couple chapters and things started escalating it went so fast and like I said with the, the shortness of all these chapters and how fast they come at you
1: Yeah You're muted again
0: Yes. Okay. So um but because of the way that things escalated and with the chapters being as short as they are and how fast everything is fed to you, it really is a I think well done, well put together story. And it's something I think if you're a fan of this type this genre of book that I think most people can get behind because it's got horseshit but fuckery. It's got psychological twists and turns. It's got psychosis. It's got sex. It's got violence. It's got everything you need to truly enjoy a story. Yeah,
1: And it's not one of those books that you have to commit a super long time to because it is such a fast read.
0: Yeah, I mean... I would wager a bet that most people, even if you're a slow reader, you could still probably have this done in like three or four days. It's that fast of a read. Yeah. So, uh, um, I think one last question I would like to pose to you before we start to look to wrap the episode up, because I know you and I have read through the entire book. So, as far as just through the first half of this chapter, or the first half of this book, is there anything either of the two of us could say that possibly could convince our partner in crime to pick up the book and join us for the second half of this review of this book
1: i would say the fact that it is such a quick read um because of the pace of it i feel like once she started it she would be able to get through it super quick because she is a fast reader so
0: i think she's faster than both of us yeah so
1: So i definitely think that if she were able to find the time to commit to starting it, I think that she would enjoy it. I think she enjoys the same kind of creepy stuff I do. And I think she would end up, you know, she would have the same, what the fuck moments that I did.
0: Yeah. I mean, that was one of my, I mean, obviously I was trying to pick something that I thought might engage both of you. But still, hopefully create what the fuck moments, because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, those are incredibly fun.: um,
1: And as I was getting to the end, I was literally messaging you like, "Oh my God," And you're like, "Uh-huh." It's like you knew exactly what was coming, and you were just waiting for the next message, because everything at the end of it just it was like unraveling a cinnamon roll.
0: Not from the inside because that's not how you eat a cinnamon roll.
1: Right. You go, you start from the outside, and by the time you get to the ending, you're like, oh my God, this was the best.
0: And there's still a whole lot more to come in the second half of the book. Uh, uh, Vengeful Games is just as freaking twisted, if not even more twisted at the same time. So. I'm looking forward to having future discussions with at least Shanna. Hopefully we can convince Amanda to take a day or two and pick up the book and read it because I really truly think if she can get through the first couple 15 pages of chapters, because that's literally like what the first four chapters are, then I think she will Gladly be on board to discuss the rest of this with us because, like I said, there's a whole, there's it's a good time, and there's a whole lot more that has to be unfolded before the story does or does not come to a happily ever after moment. I'm not going to say so. The definitely, um,
1: the ending definitely has a ha ha moment. (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to getting to the second part of the story where we can actually get in because there's a lot of stuff that unfolds in the second half of this story. So I'm trying to be encouraging and ramp up people's excitement for that episode without giving anything away, and it's really hard because I'm that excited about because the ending of the book. No, I'm not. No, no, no. I'm not. No. So um, I don't necessarily know if we I mean I think we might want to probably put a pin in the discussion for now and then come back in a couple weeks and hopefully all three of us will be here. But I don't want to say too much more because I'm re it's like all this stuff is like right on the tip of my tongue right and, and I don't want any of it to come out because some of the stuff it could potentially spoil somebody's excitement to read the book. So um, with that said, um, we always have to thank the listeners for being here each and every week. You guys are amazing. And the fact that you have made us one of the top ranked, I haven't looked in a while, but top-ranked literature review podcast on Good Pods. You guys are incredible. Um, Shanna, is there anything coming up on um, your shows that you need to let the listeners know about?
1: Uh, Amanda and I will be back um, dropping a new episode of Crime Rewind on True Crime Tuesday. Um,
0: If you prepare. Yes.
1: Yes. Last week, apparently, (laughs) I I forgot that I was a podcaster. And that I am required to do prep work for my shows. Um, no, but in all seriousness, had some health issues going on. So I um, wanted to thank the listeners for being patient when we have a break or a lull in our content. So, um, you know, we, we love what we do. And when we have to take a break from it, for whatever reason, it's devastating. We love bringing you new content and we pride ourselves on providing you a good quality show each week. And when we can't do that, um, it breaks our heart. So thank you for still sticking with us and being patient with us and allowing us the grace to learn as we go, as we you know navigate this podcasting world.
0: I 100% agree with everything Shanna said. Um we've kind of sort of discussed it before, but even like the two weeks that I was in the hospital and not able to freaking record back in March, that was the longest freaking. it was the longest two weeks of my life for multiple reasons, but not being able to record an evening at the movies was annoying as hell. I mean, we hadn't yet recorded Reapers yet, so I didn't necessarily have that love for, Reapers, yet that I have now. But yeah, and even at the movies is definitely a part of my soul that I don't ever want to get rid of. So, not being able to do that is not good for me psychologically. Yeah, it's our outlet. it, It is our outlet. We get to have a lot of fun. We get to talk about stuff that we're very passionate about. And that's why I love the fact that we talk movies and we talk books on both of these shows because that's definitely two things that i am incredibly excited to discuss and all rambling aside uh there's, we've got some halloween stuff still coming up on an evening at the movies the rest of the month um if we can get everybody's schedules ironed out um I definitely know that we've got a uh, episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer to come as well as our wrap up of the official month being our five nights at Freddy's episode that we'll do with Kevin and Abby, hopefully. So and that will hopefully be dropping on uh, Halloween as well Uh Tuesday night, a.k.a. Last Night for those of you listening, we will be discussing Harvey's birthday movie that will drop on October 29th as well where we'll be discussing So I Married an Axe Murderer." So, definitely lots of excitement is coming, so stay tuned for that. Um, There is some stuff coming up in November and December. Um, I feel Like that might be something that we can talk about in one of the next couple episodes. We'll get to that when we get to it, but there's some stuff coming up and we hope you guys definitely stay here and we'll be here and enjoy the shenanigans that we will be bringing to you to wrap up the rest of this year and move into our 200th episode as well as our third anniversary in February. So, Thank you guys for being here. Thank you, Shanna, for enjoying the first half of this book. Well, the whole book, but the first half definitely, because we're not doing the second half. But, you know, only because I didn't prepare my closing tagline either. I'm just going to go with um, thank you guys for being here. And at the end of the day, surprise number two is coming. And um don't fear the reaper. Also. Okay. Hold that thought. Um. Also what?
1: I was going to say also, if you're going to a lake house, Make sure that the creepy guy from the grocery store or from the gas station doesn't follow you because bad things happen when that happens. And definitely, definitely teach your children not to swap their teddy bear for candy.
0: Yes. De- we'll, we will definitely add that. Yeah. And that will be a part of the reminder at the end of this, too. Because do- <laughs> that, yeah. Don't get hit on by creepy guys at the grocery store and then have them leave freaking bags of rice on your freaking. Right. Oh my god, so much. I definitely encourage you guys to pick up the damn book and go read this because this is freaking so fun. Goosebumps all over. But um yeah. I already played most of the damn surprise, so we'll just go ahead and wrap it up. But definitely, guys, thank you for being here. And we will see you guys in a couple weeks when we finish up our discussion.
2: Bye. Stay safe.
0: Peace and hair grease.
2: Yeah.